We will start today's show with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who has proven once again what a big heart he has. The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Welcome into The Daily Detour. Thanks so much for listening today. I don't know what it is about Dwayne The Rock Johnson, but I think everybody likes him, right? He's just a likable guy. Maybe it's because you can just tell he has a good heart. Maybe it's because he demonstrates constantly that he has a good heart. Which brings us to today's good news story, which finds The Rock, or Dwanta Claus. He's been doing this thing called, uh, I guess, Dwanta Claus would be what it is. He's been doing this thing where he's been uh, playing Santa, and one of the people he played Santa for is an old pal of his named Bruno. Downtown Bruno, he calls him. Bruno Lauer. And I'll read from an Instagram post here from The Rock. So these are his words. He says, my mom and I were evicted off the island of Hawaii, and I was sent to Nashville, Tennessee to live with my dad. When I landed in Nashville... I quickly found out I wasn't going to live with my dad. Well, plans change, and that's the way it goes. Instead, I was told I was going to live with a guy named Bruno, who at the time lived in a tiny room at a spot called the Alamo Plaza Motel. And The Rock says Bruno could have and should have said, hell no, I'm not taking in some kid who I don't know. But he didn't. He took this punk kid in, and we became lifelong friends. And he says when he started his wrestling career in Memphis, Tennessee, Again, he had no place to live, and Bruno took him in once again, just till he could get on his feet. All of which brings us to New Year's Day 2021 and his visit with his friend Bruno, where he gave him a Ford F-150 pickup. How about that? He says to Bruno, I love you, brother. Your kindness and heart helped change my life's trajectory. And when you're ready to retire from the business, you just say the word, I got you covered. So brand new truck and a retirement plan. How great is that? Dwayne The Rock Johnson, ladies and gentlemen. Another good guy is Bob Bergen, voice actor, voice of Porky Pig. He's been on uh, the last several episodes of the Daily Detour podcast. We continue that today, and he'll talk about uh, his friendship with Lily Tomlin and radio and animation legend June Foray. And we'll see what he's been binging on during the pandemic. But before we get there, we better read today's headline news. Dollar General making headlines because they're offering extra pay to their workers who get vaccinated because staying healthy and, you know, alive apparently are not incentive enough these days. It seems to be true. There's a lot of other companies that are uh, also offering incentives for employees who get vaccinated. In their effort to battle COVID spread, Europe has instituted a curfew from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., which sounds like a drag until you realize it's always 6 a.m. somewhere, right? Right? Any, anyone with me? Any? No? Mm. Yeah, I suppose we should stay inside. Curb this thing. No, I was kidding about breaking curfew. Don't ostracize me. Well, the inauguration is coming up for President-elect Joe Biden, and Lady Gaga will be performing the national anthem at the event. Jennifer Lopez is among the performers, so shaping up to be a good lineup. Not the same caliber of entertainment as we saw at President Trump's inauguration, but... You know, three doors down, can't perform every time. That would get boring. And there's your headlines right there. Let's turn our attention to the Hollyweird Hills. Some showbiz news. Macaulay Culkin has expressed his support for removing President Trump's cameo from Home Alone 2. Which raises the question, who 
the hell is watching Home Alone 2? If you have the choice, do you not just put in the original Home Alone? Well, see, I don't know if I should watch Home Alone, Home Alone 2, or those direct-to-video ones that didn't even star Macaulay Culkin. What to do? What to do? Watch Home Alone 1. What's wrong with you? Well, watch the hit movie or the one that underperformed at the box office. I don't know. Somebody help me make a decision. I, You know what? I don't even remember Home Alone 2, quite frankly. I know that Macaulay Culkin gets lost in New York City or something, which on spec uh, doesn't even stick with the concept of the movie. He's not home alone. He's not even home. That'd be like a Star Wars movie where you never see a single star. Or a Scream movie where there's no screaming. Doesn't fit the brand. But I'm sure that movie has its fans. I'm looking at you, Donald. What else? DC Comics successfully stopped the Proud Boys from appropriating their logo recently. But the battle goes on because apparently there are a lot of comic fans among the insurrectionists. I may have coined that word. I don't know if ists can be added to insurrection, but I'm doing it. So here's the deal. There were a lot of uh, people wearing Punisher skulls spotted in the crowd during the riot at the Capitol and at other events in the last year or so. So pretty much everyone associated with bringing Marvel's Punisher character to life from creator Jerry Conway to actor John Barenthal would like extremist groups and even the police to stop wearing the famous Punisher skull logo, saying they clearly don't understand what the character is about. One way Conway is trying to take the logo back is with a line of t-shirts designed by black artists with proceeds going to Black Lives Matter. Now, similarly, the son of Marvel Comics legendary artist Jack Kirby, famous for the Kirby Crackle. If you're a geek, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not, don't worry about it. It's not important. I mean, it is, but it won't make or break the rest of this story for you. But the son of Jack Kirby is speaking out after his father's Captain America shield design was appropriated during the January 6th insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. He says, these images are disgusting and disgraceful. Captain America is the absolute antithesis of Donald Trump. If Donald Trump had the qualities and character of Captain America, the White House would be a shining symbol of truth and integrity, not a festering cesspool of lies and hypocrisy. And other comics characters are concerned about this as well. Pigpen is distancing himself from the group, saying not all non-bathers are haters. And Hagar the Horrible issued a statement about lookalike rioter Kubaka, saying asterisk hashtag percent sign dollar symbol exclamation point exclamation point exclamation point. Wow, Hagar is pissed. And I'm sure I don't have to spell this out for you, but uh, the last two things I made up, but the Punisher and the Captain America thing, that's real. Meanwhile, rumors are swirling that Chris Evans will once again suit up as Captain America. Now, you probably recall when we last saw Cap in Avengers Endgame, he traded in his shield for an AARP card. Seriously, he was octogenarian, right? Not to be confused with Dr. Octogenarian from the retired Spider-Man comic books. But he had aged enough that I'm not even sure that Captain America could stand for the Pledge of Allegiance without help. So how is he going to appear in more movies? Here's a plot idea. The retired First Avenger, Captain America, is in a nursing home being taunted by the Red Skull, who refuses to wear a mask. And have you seen his face? It could only be improved by wearing a mask, like most of us. Well, I didn't mean to bring you into this, but a lot of people, including me, probably look better with a mask on, so I'm saying. And finally, a quick programming note here. It's a good weekend for superhero TV. Batwoman returns to the CW on Sunday, although... It's not the same Batwoman from last season, so we'll see how that goes. That show is in a tough spot. It's like, I mean, it might as well be a brand new series, almost. But we'll see how they do. I hope it works. I like the show. 
Uh, the other superhero television series making its debut is tonight on Disney Plus, WandaVision, which takes uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch from the Avengers movies, gives them their own show. And this is these are the three words I've heard to describe it. Uh, funny, tragic, and odd, which is going to be some stunt to pull off because it looks like they're really paying homage to sitcoms of the past, specifically Bewitched and I Love Lucy. Anyway, I got to say the marketing's working on me. I don't know how much I really cared one way or the other about WandaVision coming to Disney+. Plus. I'd say I was on the skeptical to non-interested side, but once that uh, marketing machine went into motion, I'm there. It does look different. And so today, two episodes of WandaVision are available. By the way, also available on YouTube, Daily Detour interviews, on-camera interviews, audiograms, short little bite-sized chunks of video with plans to uh, just keep uploading any goodies that I can. So check that out, Daily Detour on YouTube. Right now, though, a treat. We get to spend a little more time with the voice of Porky Pig, Mr. Bob Bergen. What are you watching during quarantine? I know you like your TV. I do, I do. You know, the problem is I've binged on so much. Um, I, I do like my reality TV, so I'm, I'm into Big Brother. I've always have been into Big Brother. I've actually, over the years, been fortunate to go to a lot of tapings and finales, and I can't this year because of the quarantine. Right. Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, so much of... I'm also uh, an active member of the Television Academy, so we're in the middle of any season. I've just been... Just for voting purposes, watching so much content, and you know, it's it's for anybody to say there's nothing on. They obviously don't have a TV, right? I don't know if people are saying that anymore. Are they? Do they still say that? No, they can't because you know if you've if you've got if you if you've got uh, you know uh, a DVR and cable or satellite streaming oh my gosh just you know if you've yeah. never seen it watch three seasons of mrs Maisel. it's just brilliant stuff oh it's a great show yeah good pick i love that yeah. i'm very interested in stand-up comedy too so uh and i know that's not like comics will tell you that's not accurate to their experience necessarily but it's a, also you know you got to go with the fantasy of it all but well it's also a period piece and i think yeah. it's kind of an homage to, to joan rivers but uh you know, from the acting to the to the writing to the, even the costumes and sets, it is yeah. such a well well produced show. And they have scenes that aren't necessarily musical that are choreographed like a musical. Like absolutely, yeah, like the USO shows. Yeah, if people haven't seen it, just spend a weekend and binge the whole darn thing. That curb your enthusiasm. Um, oh my gosh, it's just there's just so much good content on TV right now. <laughs> And Big Brother is there too. And I do enjoy my Big Brother. Here's the question: Do you just watch the uh, like the episode of Big Brother that airs for everyone, or are you one of those guys that pops online? Because I think they let you kind of be a voyeur in the house at some points, don't they? Yeah, I, th- I think I went to CBS All Access to watch it twenty four seven. You know what? I, I, the problem with that is. You have to wait for three hours to wait to, to hear a, a really interesting something. Yeah, I don't have that much time in my life. You mentioned the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences and the Emmys, uh, which brings me to uh, a host of photos that of you online with Lily Tomlin. What is your relationship with Lily Tomlin? I know she's also a part of the Emmy committee, obviously. Well, well, so um, Lily was my co-governor. I'm on the board of governors representing the actors, and Lily was my co-governor uh, for several years. Um, and she's a good friend. So uh, I think I posted something on Instagram today from, from one of the Emmy nominee parties where <laughs> it's just everybody standing on stage getting their certificates, and she and I are in this big embraced kiss. <laughs> oh. it, it just looks like 
we don't care that people are watching. My friend Naomi's got the shock look on her face like, there's an audience out here, Bob. But uh, no, she's just a, a good friend, and we served uh, on the board together, and she's a delight. I could tell. I could tell from the photos. They didn't look just like, you know, well, we both have this job, so we're going right. to take a picture. I could tell. She's like holding your, your hand closer and some of yeah. them. I could just tell. I'll tell you how I met her. I was, uh, my, my friend Kathy Justin, who's no longer with us, she was on uh, Desperate Housewives. She played the old cranky neighbor. Oh, nice. And and she was having a, a, a Sunday barbecue in her new house on, on a lake in Los Angeles, and she invited me. And in walks Lily Tomlin with Jane Jane Wagner and a and a and a plate of deviled eggs and I'm like holy crap that's that's Lily Tomlin <laughs> and then we got on Kathy's boat and we're just sipping champagne around a boat with Lily Tomlin I'm thinking well I could die happy today right and then during the barbecue Kathy says to Lily Bob's the voice of Porky Pig and Lily goes oh Porky I'm depressed and I said well what seems to be the problem <laughs> and she said I I I hate Mondays why well Mondays always means work. And she goes, do you have any advice? And so we did this like 20 minute routine where Porky Pig was her therapist. And it was just surreal. Yeah, but, absolutely. And, and, and then and then she got involved at the TV Academy and we became friends. That is so cool. Oh, thanks for sharing that story. That's fun. You were also very close with uh, June Foray, who I, I've been listening to some old time radio recently. I've always loved that. I mean, I guess I had fantasies of being on a music station as well, clearly. Right. But uh, but I love those. You know, I liked when I was a kid. They were releasing the Green Hornet and the Shadow, oh, yeah. Baby Snooks, and all this stuff on cassette. And I would listen to them. You know, my parents thought I was crazy. Like, what are you listening to that old stuff for? But to me, it was like I got it. You know, and it, it was like a cartoon for the for the mind. Yeah, basically. So I, I caught June Foray playing a, a villainess on some crime show. I don't even well, know the name of it. I caught it like mid show, but that was very cool. Um, and of course, she has a long career. Had a long career in animation, doing like uh, I want to say Witch Hazel, mm -hmm. um, Rocky the Squirrel. How did you? Because uh, I think you were pretty close with her. How did that relationship start? Also, about the same time I called Mel Blank when we moved to LA, there was a there's a uh, organization called ASIFA. It's an animation society, and um, they were doing uh, an event not far from our house where they were selling animation cells and they did a live reading with June Foray and Bill Scott of, of Rocky the Flying Squirrel, Dawes Butler. And I went with my little tape recorder, the same recorder I recorded Mel Blanc. And when I got to, um, when I got to the, uh, the stage to watch the show, I saw this little lady on the ground frantically looking for something. And I said, what is it you're looking for? And she said, oh, a little piece of jewelry that I lost my late husband gave me. And I went down on my hands and knees to help her. And I said, I'm Bob. And she said, I'm June Foray. And I went, oh, my God, it's Rocky the Flying Squad. <laughs> and we just became friends from that point on. And she was a neighbor. And I used to keep in touch with her. She was, once I got signed by my agent, he represented her. And she knew I wanted to be Porky Pig one day. And my first Looney Tunes job was, was Tiny Tune Adventures. I was doing Tweety. She was doing Granny. So, oh, um, how great is that? Yeah, she was just a very important part of my life and a huge important part of this industry. Yes, absolutely. You brought her to a voice conference that I was at, and I did. Now I'm going to embarrass myself because this is a vulnerable thing. But uh, yeah, but it's true. I mean, because I did not expect this, but you brought her on stage. You know, it was like a dinner situation. Oh, I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, and. As soon as she opened her mouth, like she came out on stage doing yeah. Rocky the Flying Squirrel, 
Yep. And I'm just filled with joy, really. Right. And suddenly I had this tear drop out of my eye, out of nowhere, which caught me way off guard, way by surprise. And the best I can figure is that that voice, you know, I was listening to that voice when I was in a high chair. Some of these cartoon voices are as familiar to people as their parents. You know, it's, it's like some of the earliest voices that you've heard. It's sense memory. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just, now can, well, can, can I give you some scoop from that night? Because I remember that night. Sure. Okay. So they showed a, a, a clip reel before they, they called her up on stage. So June wasn't, wasn't the original voice of Witch Hazel. That was B. Benaderet. Mm. And, and, and June wasn't the original voice of Granny. That was B. Benaderet. And they show this, this uh, clip reel uh, to, just to highlight her career. And all of a sudden, I feel her grab my thigh and squeeze. I thought she was having a heart attack. And I said, are you okay? She goes, that's not me. That's B. Oh. And she was fuming. Oh, no. And she just took her vodka and just started swigging it. Oh. <laughs> and I said, I said, she goes, I'm humiliated. I said, June, you can't say anything when we go on stage. She goes, well, get me another one of these. And I did. And she drank another one. And then I, I had to walk on stage with her because she was a little tipsy. Ah. And, and, and I, she had my arm. And I said, as we're walking up the stairs, I said, now, remember, don't say anything. She goes, I can't promise anything. And then she was, then she was sweet as sugar. Yeah, well, and I got to have a picture with her afterwards. It was a great evening. That was that was a treat for sure. That's hilarious. Thank, thanks for that behind the sure. scoop. So much to get to in so little time now. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, you did a radio thing where you did Sylvester Jr., if I have this right, information on the internet. Now, I think this came from your website, and it was a radio uh, deal for the former First Lady Barbara Bush, mm-hmm. which ultimately got you an invite to the White House. Yeah. Did you ever get to... Well, I think you did. I think I've seen a picture of you with Barbara Bush, so... And my mom, yeah. Yes. So, so what happened was, uh, I got, it was Barbara Bush had a radio show for kids because her big thing was, was uh, literacy, and she would read to kids. It was called Storytime with Mrs. Bush or Mrs. Bush's Storytime, something like that. And they asked me to do Sylvester Jr. and Joe Lassie to do Sylvester. And they said, look, it's for a charity. It doesn't pay a dime. And I thought, well, yeah, but I'll, I'll get to work with, with the first lady. This is great. So I get to the studio. She's not there. She recorded her, her stuff in Washington. Okay, that's okay. A few months later, I get this big, thick envelope in the mail, an invitation to the White House to a, um, a reception uh, in appreciation for doing this. And I thought it was a joke. So I called the RSVP number and I said, yeah, I'm calling to RSVP to the White House. <laughs> and, and they said, well, yeah, thank you very much. We need you to get your get fingerprinted and send that to Sacramento to get credentials. Like, oh, this is real. Okay. So I said to my mom, you want to go to the White House? And she said, cool. Yeah, sure. So we go to the White House and there's a reception for Mrs. Bush and we got our picture taken and she does a big thank you speech. There was one point in the, in the, in the, the reception where it's 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 basically chaperoned by the marines and, yeah i'm sure and this marine comes up to me and my mom and he says sir i've 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 participated in many of these dinners and events we we've had elizabeth taylor and princess diana but 
wow, Porky Pig and his mother, this is huge. And I said, thank you. And he goes, would you like to meet the president? I said, sure. So he walks us to the Oval Office. We're standing outside. Mr. President, who's sitting at the desk writing something, I'd like to introduce to you Porky Pig and his mother from Los Angeles. And without looking up, George George Sr. goes, how you done? And, and, and my mom looks at me. She goes, I, I just, I don't think anyone will believe this. Yeah, 100%. That's one of those, it's almost like an out-of-body experience, I would guess. It was totally surreal, and it was just you know, I, 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 another bit of scoop from that trip. Um, it was a luncheon, and I walked into the bathroom, and I walked out, and my mom says, what did you do? I said, why? She goes, you look different. I said, Mom, the bath, go in the bathroom. It's, it's loaded with presidential sealed hand towels and toilet paper. I stuffed my, my pockets with it. I'm going to give it away as gifts when we get back home. And my mom says, you can't do that. I said, look, I'm not taking the silverware. I'm taking toilet paper. It's going to be used anyway. <laughs> and she said, when you walk out, you look like the Michelin man. You look puffy. I said, yeah, uh, just uh, don't worry about it. You set off the, the security alarm somehow. Mr. Bob Bergen, listen for him on the HBO Max Looney Tunes cartoons, which are super funny. If you loved the original Looney Tunes, but you found uh, later incarnations kind of lacking, I'm telling you, these HBO Max tunes are it. Fun for kids and adults. If slapstick violence is your thing, give it a watch. And I actually have more of the Bob Bergen interview to share with you, which I think we'll do on Monday. I've toyed around with all kinds of ways to share it with you. Thought about just dropping the whole interview as its own episode. If you're in favor of me doing that with some of these, let me know somehow, social media, or preferably Daily Detour Podcast at gmail.com. Anyway, it's time to go. The weekend is here. Have yourself a great few days. Be safe, be well, be kind to others. Keep smiling, and we'll see you here on Monday. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hi! Hi!